Welcome back to Uptown Drama. That's not the song. I was supposed to do the beginning, not you. You do it. Yeah, you go for it. On this episode of Uptown Drama. I should have listened to the theme song a little bit more. It's okay. It's a beautiful theme song by Jim John McNoise. They're fantastic and fabulous musicians that have created songs you probably heard in Dallas Fort Worth theater productions, as well as on the Terror and Tacos podcast. Terror. Terror. Uh, hello, everyone. Um, welcome back to the Uptown Drama podcast. If you're a regular listener, you probably won't recognize our voices as we are the second uh, takeover episode uh, here in season two of the podcast. Um, to my left is the lovely. Oh, don't you want to say what kind of takeover this is, though? Podcast takeover of DG DG Takeover. It's the DG DG Takeover podcast. And I'm Danielle Giorgio. Of the DG. Oh, of DG DG. And I'm Justin Locklear, also of the DG, but not as DG as. No, I'm the DG. You're the DG. Yeah, correct. Oh, yeah. So DG DG is the Danielle Giorgio dance group. Mm -hmm. And we are huge fans of Theater 3, of Jeff and Christy, of Uptown Drama. Mm -hmm. In fact, Justin might just be Uptown Drama's number one fan. I think the number one fan spot is occupied uh, justly and deservedly by Jonathan Norton. I happily take number two. Um, uh, I, I will always say, I'm happy to sit at number two, even three. I, you know, there's probably some wonderful mystery uh, listener that, um, you know, is in there as well in the, in the mix. Right. Yeah. But yes, listen to every episode. And if you have also listened to every episode, go ahead and go on Spotify and give them a rating or respond or share it. You know, it's a great little podcast. Yes. Started in early 2020, back in the days. It feels so long ago. They're probably, a, they probably have celebrated one year of podcasting. Oh, they have. Yes, they have. Mm. Should we I, put our podcast voice on? This is my podcast This is voice. my, oh wait, no, but it's like, pod, yeah, there's so many different types of podcast voices. Speaking of different podcast voices, there's been so many DFW theater podcasts. I've been listening to Uptown Drama, Arts District, the podcast, Echo Off Stage, an, Artist Hap- an Artist's Happy Hour, Another Broken Mind podcast, which features a lot of guests from the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth theater uh, community. And as I mentioned before, Terror and Tacos, which is uh, Christy and Michael's uh, terror. It's very entertaining and informative terror podcast. I love horror movies. I know. It's a great- It's my favorite genre. It's a great genre for the podcast. Absolutely. I wish I could be a screen queen. I don't think anyone's stopping you. I think you should do it. I tried it once, remember? <laughs> it's very true. Um, one thing that we're doing different than a normal episode of Uptown Drama is we're actually going, uh, we're currently live streaming on our DGDG Instagram page. And so we're getting like interactions from uh, people on our Instagram. So as you're listening to this on Spotify, uh, you probably won't be able to interact in this way, but just know that uh we're uh, we're fielding questions we don't have a guest today but we're fielding questions from the we're each other's guests we are right and probably the cats will join the cats will join for sure for sure um so danielle giorgio yes that's me of dgdg 
can I ask you um, a little bit, because Theater 3 audiences probably know you best from uh, the Bippy Bobby Boo series of shows, because mm-hmm. now we're series. We we've are done, series, we've done, done two. <laughs> um, or yeah. at least a sequel, maybe yes. not a full series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if part three ever happens, part we, three, it will it'll be an actual, it'll be a trilogy then. Yeah. But close to becoming a series, we mm-hmm. only need four. To become a series? I think so. Well, because like a four would be a tetralogy and I don't think that's Nobody like knows sexy. That. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody so knows people that word. Go, people go straight to series. They're like, just call it a series. They'll understand. Um, so people know you from Bippy Bobby Boo, mm-hmm. the Bippy Bobby Boo show, the Boo show of Bippy Bobby as performed at Theater 3. Okay. Uh, what, are the th- what other Theater 3 productions have you worked on? Um, my first theater three production was, uh, Adding Machine, Mm -hmm. the musical. Excellent. Uh, directed by Blake Hackler. Fantastic. And then I did Once, the -hmm. musical, Mm -hmm. directed by Marianne Galloway. Fantastic. And then I did Solstice, part two. Part two. Directed by Vicki Washington. And then I did- The one in the mall. The one in the mall, written by Jonathan Norton and Jean-Niel Kastner. And I think there might have been a third writer. There probably was. But I can't remember who it was. So it was you. I don't know. I know. I feel like Michael worked on the first one. I bet he worked on the second one. Michael, if you're hearing this, I apologize for not realizing. Listen, me too. Remembering right now. But I did work on a Michael Federico show. That's right. Uh, Evelyn Flynn. With Ian Ferguson. And if you haven't learned- And directed by Carlin Bainey. If you haven't heard the Evelyn Flynn episode, they did a Evelyn Flynn revisited episode with uh, Ian and Michael during season one. Go check it out. And not only did I work on that show, I ended up in the show for one night. Yeah, they talked about that. The the crazy opening night uh, cameo cameo performance. Yeah, and I don't usually- uh, You, Colby, (laughs) Take the stage, but- I was there dancing. I think it was, I think Ian was saying that he was at Target or somewhere and he got the call and they're like, um. Yeah, it was a wild day. You're in it, buddy. But that's, um, I guess, live theater for you. Um, and I think those are the theater three shows that I have, I've worked on. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, one of the things that they typically ask on uh, Uptown Drama episodes are, uh, something like, what was your first experience with Theater 3 or what was mm. your first show that you ever saw there um, or something like that? Um, if you're if you're new to the podcast, you're just watching us on Instagram, there, uh, there are a lot of fantastic episodes with people that have worked with Theater 3 for literally decades. And so you get a good idea of the longevity and, and creativity over the years. And so one of the funny episodes was uh, when Jonathan uh, Norton was talking about his first time coming and he was going down there just to visit or for an audition or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was during an, uh, a time when they had an, an uh, art exhibition. In oh, that's two right, yeah. With all the dicks on the walls. And if that seems exciting to you, go check out uh, his first episode, the Jonathan Norton episode. It's great, dicks on walls. I'm not, I don't know what my first <clears throat> theater three experience was. Right? I can't remember. It's been, I've seen so There were no many dicks shows. on the walls? There weren't any so dicks on the walls. I can't remember. I feel like I've seen so many shows from so many people. It's been such a cool uh, experience to see so many different companies and creators and mm. writers have worked there. I really don't remember. 
Yeah, me neither. I know I saw Passing Strange there. Mm-hmm, absolutely. <laughs> I remember that. You know, just, and I remember the other shows I've seen. I just can't remember what my first show was. It was before Passing Strange. Of course. I'm sure that if uh, if we oh were, wait, what? I think it was it it was either Avenue Q or I Love Your Perfect Now Change. Yeah, because the first show I saw was in the basement. Yeah, it was, that makes sense. So, or theater too, not the basement. Okay, so. <laughs> instead of i guess instead of saying what was your first time at theater three what was your what's what was like one of your most memorable shows that you got to see that you weren't, that weren't involved in? In. yeah um i mean i loved sheer madness that's what i was gonna say it was awesome it was madness and we got to see matt clark we got to see dave mcleano because mm-hmm. we went multiple times right mm-hmm. yeah because we kept wanting to change the outcome of the show yes I don't think we ever did. As, as theater makers, we were we were jealous of the ability. <laughs> we were like, no, we want, we want to influence the show. Uh, goodness gracious. Cool. Uh, what was, wait, what was, you don't remember your favorite. Well, I, was, I mean, your first, but yeah. what was your favorite experience? I was going to say Sheer Madness. I, um, I, I was trying to think of other things that I'd seen and, I mean, I, I had a lot of fun watching Paul Taylor in Dracula. Um, anything that, anything Paul Taylor. Truly. Yeah. So I'll just, just stay in Paul Taylor fangirl mode. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, stay there. Yeah, okay. just sort of like <laughs> under the umbrella of that. Um, well, what cool. do you want to talk about next? Well, Justin wrote a whole list of things that we're supposed to be talking about. Um, but that one wasn't on there, Justin. So you're no, already no. off the script. No, no, no. I, that's that's in our that's that's in my uh, my introduced DGDG because I want to talk about Bibby Bobby and then I also wanted to talk about the company and then sort of do some prerequisite uptown drama classic yeah. questions. Yes, classic. Since questions. I'm a podcast newbie, sure. In a way, sure, sure, sure. I'm gonna just follow your lead. I mean, I well, was on a podcast for a while. Of course, you were but... on a podcast for a while. But because you and I don't have like Larry O'Dwyer stories and we also don't have stories about like. No, but we do have ghost stories. We do have ghost stories. It's very true. Theater three is haunted. It is an undeniable fact. And um, we'll we'll stick with that for sure. <laughs> Definitely seen the theater cat. Definitely seen Travertina. Travertina, she's real. And uh, other various. Entities. In the downstairs appearing. space. Yes. In the murder stairs. Um, but you know who's not afraid of the theater at all? Jeff. He just walks through. I know. Everyone else. He's terrified. probably made friends with them. It's probably true. He probably gets like tons of stuff done. He's like, I could be doing this, but I'll get a ghost to do it. Yeah, I just ask him nicely. Yeah. Ghost, ghost efficiency. Maybe Jeff has separated his like physical body mm-hmm. and spiritual body. Mm. And sometimes he just leaves his spirit there <laughs> to get work done yeah <laughs> that's how he does it because <laughs> somehow everything is finished yeah well who did it this very the true. spirit of jeff mm-hmm. Schmidt. yeah just wanders around right and then and then i want to think that that's what happened christy does the same thing she leaves her spirit there to watch as like sort of like a, a surveillance camera on the rehearsals but i won't be there physically but i'll be watching you can see that happening yeah well. definitely yeah See, that's what happens when you become artistic directors of a company is that you, you suddenly have uh, spirit powers. 
uh, yeah. People don't tell you that. That's not in your Zoom discussions, but that's actually, you know. How the work gets done. Yeah. <laughs> I've separated, my, separated myself multiple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's at least six Daniels running around. Of course. If only I could actually figure out cloning. Right. But I'm not a scientist. Not yet. No. Maybe soon. Maybe that can be your next. I am a doctor, though. (laughs) Of pretty things, nothing that will actually save your life. But I don't know. I feel like I feel like people. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like people have been saved by art, but I don't know. Maybe that's for them to say. Mm -hmm. But for us to say, I think we could start talking about our art. I think uh, one of the things that a lot of people have been talking about is, you know, how they've approached uh, 2020 and 2021 in terms of making art during this pandemic sure. time. I yes. know it's the hot topic that everyone likes to talk about. Um, but uh, perhaps we can just sort of give an overview. Maybe not necessarily. Well, I mean, they just explore it and see what we get to. <laughs> All right. Because um, I don't want to just say, let's just do one thing. Um, but Danielle. Yes, Justin. In, in approaching making work during quarantine, what was the, uh, what are the sort of the central themes of what you're trying to get at? Or like, at least in terms of the central function of what you wanted to do? in terms of like making work for your audience and for the company? Honestly? Yeah. When the pandemic started, we were just making work and uh, it felt like we had to keep going. Right. So I, in the beginning, I wasn't thinking, oh, let's make work because we're in a pandemic or about a pandemic or for it. Mm -hmm. It was just, I mean, right before the world shut down, we were at theater three very true performing um and just throwing dollar bills in the air not real ones i think that disappointed some people remember those hundreds yep we made it rain that was fantastic and people were like oh money and i was like you think we got hundreds just to toss around (laughs) during the this was during the um came from wish.com the theater three uh season announcement party Uh yeah 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 which was a fantastic audience. It was, it was great. I watched that performance sometimes. It's like, <laughs> remember when we had an audience? Um, and so I don't know. It was just we had to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, pretty early on in the pandemic, I just remember being on the phone with Jeff and kind of brainstorming mm-hmm. how to to do anything and um what. Yeah. we just did it we yeah. had to yeah jeff jeff uh, has talked about several times on the podcast that they were just sort of like well we're just gonna make stuff and yeah. if we make mistakes we'll make mistakes but otherwise we just we got to do it mm-hmm. and i completely agree i think it's the right step you just gotta you know be stubborn and uh, stubborn and responsible at the same time yeah and i think we were lucky because so many of our company members live together or were in a pod and mm-hmm. so we were lucky that we could produce work yeah safely mm-hmm. and uh and now i guess we're filmmakers i suppose i mean well that is if you're if you're a theater artist that has made digital work during this time do you consider yourself a filmmaker now we're not sure we're conflicted because <laughs> uh, we've made a lot of digital uh you know uh work now but uh, we're not sure i mean to... we actually made a film no absolutely we made There's we've like, made a couple of films now. no denying that part but, um, but yeah, how do you, how are you adding? How, yeah, that's a good question. How, as artists during the quarantine, how are you adding things to your, um, to your uh, resume? 
Are you saying <laughs> I uh, I'm a theater maker, and then during the quarantine, I am all these other things because we've done a lot. Oh, I should update my resume. Right? Sorry. You. I like went into panic mode. No, you're fine. Been keeping up. No, you're fine. You're like a film editor. Uh, all the, you know, all these other new sound design. You know, all these new uh, positions that we have to explore. Um, hey, how many times do you have to do something before you add it to your uh, your resume? I know in theater, especially, uh, you know, people that have been uh, on this podcast everyone's so variously interested that they all try, you know, all these different things. Mm. So how many times do you do something before you say, that's what you do? <laughs> Just once? Once? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Um, what, um, what do you think, this is a, another question, and you can give examples if you want. Okay. Um, in terms of like, how, how you went about thinking about the work for quarantine, during quarantine, mm -hmm. What was the thing about theater that you wanted to sort of inject into that work? Like, what was something that we were missing because we didn't get to have live shows that you tried to put into the shows we made during the pandemic? Uh, I guess the biggest one would be just connection and interaction because our shows are so interactive with the audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It kind of relies on that. Mm -hmm. That was completely taken away. So we had to find different ways of doing that and I mean part of that came from social media and streaming company classes or just doing other sort of live events on social media mm -hmm. but um, you made an interactive website for our summer production mm -hmm. and I think that that ended up being a way for us to really find the interaction that we normally would have had with audiences yeah. through the computer screen. And it, I mean, it worked really well. It was a little strange at first because we got some weird responses. People, people <laughs> felt very comfortable on that website. Um, if you're unfamiliar with what we're talking about, we made a film called The Savage Seconds, which is sort of like a blending of Greek myth and Current events. In reality TV. Yeah, right. <laughs> and a sort of companion to the film was this website and a sort of like a puzzle site where you went through and you explored things. But it also had an opportunity where you could like call and leave a message. And then you could also type in like your personal secrets and stuff like that. And people did that. Yeah. People, it was beautiful. It was actually, yeah. it was really cool. And so, I mean, I think that was something really cool that we did during the early part of Mm -hmm. quarantine yep. and the pandemic was still finding a way to make a connection with our audience but also meet new people mm -hmm. and audience members and and I don't know like now I start to wonder well maybe in the future our work might have more of these digital elements that remain with us mm -hmm. um even when we return to in-person performances yeah and that's exciting to me Absolutely. Because then the shows don't have to just die after the run. Mm -hmm. But they die. Where do they go? <laughs> they don't do them again. No, they Unless live on in people's Bobby. imaginations. <laughs> yes. And so the, the next show that we really dug our our, our teeth into, I don't yeah, know, sure. um, was Bibby Bobby 
to the live stream, the live stream call in special, call in special, which uh, many of you, uh, hopefully, uh, as theater three listeners uh, were aware of and were able to participate in. And uh, we had so many people participate in that show. It was um, so many people prodigious on some nights. It was crazy. Called that <laughs> we broke. Yeah, like it. It, it was uh, if you weren't able to see it, or maybe. Um, see at least part of it. There were some nights that, yeah, were completely dismantled by how many people were trying to call. It was beautiful. It was great and actually really encouraging to get that yeah. response from people. I didn't think anybody would call, honestly. I know you didn't. <laughs> I was like, who, who participates in a telethon anymore? I, I figured what that, an idea we had. I figured that our friends would and that's what we, like, we, you know, that we were pretty confident that at least some people would, but then just tons of people did, it was great. Look, I'm telling you, next time, mm-hmm. We should do a real game show. Yeah. Hollywood Squares. Absolutely. Theater Three Squares. Theater Three Squares. You hearing about it? I wonder, I feel like, I don't know, Claudia, you might know, but I feel like there was an episode where maybe they talked about doing Hollywood Squares. I can't remember. I think they talked to us about Hollywood Squares. Maybe they did, yeah. But yeah, we should definitely do that. But um, here's a secret about Justin and I that nobody knows. Oh, shoot. Well, that we're obsessed with game shows. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought I was like, oh, right. <laughs> I was like, all right, taking a turn. Yeah, we do. We do love game shows. We love very the much. Game Show Network. Yep. We love ABC Games, Summer Games, Winter Games. They didn't call it Fall Games, but I think it's Fall Games. Yeah, we uh, we really love uh, Holy Moly. Holy Moly, the the putt putt game. Extreme. Extreme putt putt. Yeah. It's not just putt putt. No, 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 no. You're right. You're right. It's not a windmill. No, 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 no. It's a windmill that'll knock you over. Yeah. It's a series and of break a rib. Right. We kind of we secretly want to be on that show. Um, we- I want to be on Masterminds so I can beat Trivia Master Ken Jennings at his own game. That's right. And I am and not Matthew Morocco. A and trivia. Jonathan I can beat Jonathan Corba. <laughs> No, I, Jonathan, if you're listening, which I know you are, I know you probably listen to qui, uh, uh, quizzing podcasts as well as theater three podcasts, but I, I do not claim to be able to beat any of them. I mean, but you're smarter than I, so, and you're a doctor. Well. <laughs> yes, we're, we love, we love, uh, we love the, uh, it's been one of our quarantine activities for sure, is watching a lot of trivia <laughs> and game shows. Yeah, very much Or so. we could definitely win on that one show, Chain Reaction. Chain Reaction, that's right, with Dylan. The old guy, the guy that's bald. Yeah, yeah. But he's he, not old. Anyways, if you're not familiar with these But you can be shows, bald and not old, and you can be old and bald. Yeah. I'm gonna go down a pathway that's yeah, probably we're not gonna, we'll move up. Yeah, yeah, no worries. So we worked on Bibi Bobby Boo, the call-in special, people got to yeah. call in, so that, that sort of interactivity was there for people to reach out and be seen, be witnessed, even through the phone. Yes. Um, and then um, and then we explored <clears throat> sort of a way to incorporate interactivity into how we filmed for our next show, mm-hmm. which was... Things Missing Missed. Correct. And we tried to make it intimate in a way that allowed people to feel like they were a part of it. Yeah. Even though they weren't right. in the audience. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it wouldn't have an interactive element outside of the show, but it was more incorporated into the storytelling itself. Yeah. How do you, how do you feel like you approached that? 
Um, well, we hired an incredible mm-hmm. DP. That's correct. Christian Vasquez, Absolutely. who um, I think was instrumental in making that possible. Mm-hmm. For sure. And he actually became like the fifth actor in the show. Absolutely. Because he was next to you guys as you were performing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think capturing it from that close proximity really feels like you're the audience member in the front row. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as being like in the same way that when your eye can focus on something, it's almost like you're zooming in mm-hmm. and his ability to get up close to people, I think yeah. really gave it that sort of uh, in-person intimacy. Yes. I think you really understood what you were going for. Yeah. 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 I mean, we have similar mindset and have worked together before. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that learning curve was covered. And, you know, also, I think the stranger you allow your show to be and yourself to be, um, the more opportunities that pop up. So I think in this time of digital theater, we can't think about it the same way. It's not live. It's not, it's not traditional anymore. There's no, there are no more rules and there's no space. And no rules. There's, no rules, just right. Um, like, you don't have the four walls anymore. You don't have this distance between the seats and the and the stage. And you can do so many new things and you can actually show the show in a th- uh, like three-dimensional or four-dimensional mm. 360 way where it feels like real life, where sometimes when you're watching a stage show, it feels so flat yep. because it is. Inherently, geometry. That's how that's how space works. Yo, that's true. I'm not a mathematician, but <laughs> <laughs> let's just have a podcast where we talk about all the things that we are not. Um, well, um, let's take a moment and maybe answer some of the questions that have been sent in. Okay. From our viewers. Sure. Um, we have one question, uh, which is uh, how your creative pro- oh how, how does your creative process work when y'all team up. <laughs> It, I was thinking about that. Yeah. I feel like it's different every time. Absolutely. Because every show is yeah. a whole new process. It's, you basically start from scratch with everything. Mm-hmm. As you know, as most uh, theater artists that you might be aware of, we, we, we try to uh, put ourselves in a place to learn and experience new things and experience risk and try to stretch our abilities and stuff like that. Yeah. And so every time we were going to show, we have to kind of relearn our work dynamic. Yeah. Because we, we both, you know, Danielle and I have different levels, levels of experience and, and uh, uh, like idea, ideation mm-hmm. on different projects. And mm-hmm. so sometimes we're like, what are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you, no. Okay. I was figured it out. Yeah. It's gotten better over the years. Absolutely. I, I yeah, Absolutely. I think I think it's always still like a a surprise every time of like, how do we get into this one? How do we do this one? Yeah. Um. But I I guess our our process sort of starts it like never ends though because we're just oh <laughs> BT Dub we live together. <laughs> oh yeah. So hello podcast again if you don't know us personally i apologize for not introducing us uh, us 
uh, more. <laughs> we're, we're partners in life. Uh, we've uh, been together for almost nine years, April 1st, 2021. Uh, so we have a lot of experience working together. Uh, we both stalked each other before we met each other through watching each other's art. And then we met because of art. Yes. And then we started uh, uh, hanging out <laughs> because, because of art as well. Uh, to work on a show and then and then we started dating and never looked back yeah it's true we've literally made so much work together and made so many friends based on, based in that work yeah. over the years it's been pretty, pretty incredible so I mean the the process is just sort of always happening yeah yeah it's very true we're the, sometimes we don't finish what we're actually doing mm-hmm because we get sidetracked by some idea that we have that's why there's so many unfinished little things around our house which is like totally fine and totally normal right i mean we live in like a construction zone yeah the um yeah i i think it's fun because sometimes we'll be making dinner and then suddenly a conversation that we started about a show like weeks ago will suddenly pop back in and we're like oh yeah this idea that this let's talk about it again and so we have um these like different different various timelines on shows happening all the time yeah yeah I mean there's probably like I don't know like 16 shows floating around that eventually we will finish (laughs) we'll pick one yeah and that'll be the one that we'll do next yeah but I don't know there's a lot of just walks and talks yep yeah, a lot of walking of figuring out. It's like, maybe we we'll go out for a walk. It'll stimulate our ability to solve this creative problem. Lately, we've been baking more. That's true. We bake. Yeah. And then then talk about show. <laughs> yep. Yes. Going through different recipes, and you know we'd be remiss to to not mention how uh, our creativity is bolstered and um, and. Uh, improved by the uh, amazing company of people that we work with. Yeah, definitely. The ability to think about things is one thing. The ability to uh, put a plan on paper is one thing, but to really put it into action has to have to chalk that up to the amazing people we work with. Mm-hmm. They make it so much easier to dream. Oh, definitely. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess there's really not much of a division of process like we kind of lead the shows forward together Mm -hmm. with the company because everything is is truly collaborative true um so uh, you know while there might be these like descriptive headers about what we do like oh artistic director choreographer director producer it just sort of all seamlessly comes together because we share a lot of the like workflow and the burden of challenges so if like one day I really just can't answer an email you take it over right so I don't know I feel like it's as the years have gone by we've kind of equalized each other in a way Mm-hmm. where we both carry we finish each other's sandwiches <laughs> yeah right yeah i think well uh the there's something you said that i was like that's incredibly apt it's like the bearing bearing the burden of a different moment i think our collaboration is 
is such that like we find ways for people to lead in their performances and in their moments and in how they create and adapt material to mm-hmm. themselves mm-hmm. and yeah so it's like a it's almost like a flocking exercise where well, in, in, points. <laughs> I know, right? in a certain moment we can give the attention to you know who's leading that moment in terms of the uh who's leading that idea yeah or that action but it is a lot of fun we have a lot of fun it's, it's true. a lot of play it, it's got it was pretty wild during quarantine just because there's so many new things to think about mm-hmm. it was it's been the most dynamic and wild of production yeah. processes yeah this. but we should also say like it's not like flowers and butterflies and stars um no, no we no. butt heads a lot because we're both extremely stubborn individuals with very strong ideas and opinions mm-hmm. um but you know what it's okay it is ultimately great because after about an hour of arguing <laughs> we, we, we start laughing at each other yeah and we figure out how to and do then it. we forgot what we were fighting about <laughs> yeah it's if you can imagine oh so uh, we should acknowledge the fact that theater three is in the, in the uh instagram uh live and they're oh, saying hi hi theater. and there's been beautiful people that have been in saying hi before but we just want to make sure that you say hi to our patron there but the um but yeah i feel like uh with our process it's like we're both interpret an idea and we like come very back differently to, and we come back to well and, and that's what's so great is that we like both have such boundless imaginations and then we bring them back and then we're like oh they're not boundless <laughs> yeah but i think it's um you know if you're ever like fighting with your creative partner mm-hmm. or just like your friend just get a cat and then the cat will make everything better. Right. Because if we start fighting, we're like, oh, the cats. Look yeah. at what the cat is doing. Look at Jack. Look at Pepper. Wow, aren't they so cute? And then we forget that we yeah. were arguing. Um, it's difficult to argue with pie in your mouth and a cat in your arms. Where did the pie come from? When you make it. Oh, uh, I do love to make pies. It's true. We even have a question about Yes, it. about pie. Talk I'm, about pie. Yes. Maybe our favorite pies. I have a list. Well, yeah. I keep a running list of oh. my favorite pies. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, what, what, what a what, what? Well, I'm, I, you know, you know what, you know what pie I want to talk about. But you you want to talk about your butternut squash pie? That is absolutely correct. Justin learned how to make a butternut squash pie last week, and we've had butternut squash every day since. Two I, weeks I of butternut say, squash. If you are a fan of pumpkin pie and you like to make pumpkin pie, and you don't want to wait until fall, until the, uh, you know. Until pumpkin season? The monocultured pumpkin crops are, are created, and you want to, you know, get a gourd in your life, then get yourself some butternut squash and make a pie. And it's delicious. Mm-hmm. So I brought up monoculture farming and just like wow. a theater podcast. This is the life right here. When Justin finds something that he likes, yeah we live with it for a while yeah it's I, I unleash my adhd powers on something and it's suddenly my favorite thing for a whole week but every meal has been butternut squash we just have so much for two weeks. butternut squash frittatas yeah anyway so the running ta- the running list of our favorite pies no my favorite pies would be they're not your favorite pies maybe i don't know strawberry rhubarb number one number one for me as well key lime pie number two Ooh. I, well i mean top five for sure Pumpkin, number three. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Number four. Yeah. 
a buttermilk, ah. even though I shouldn't eat it. That is correct. correct. I'm lactose intolerant, everybody. <clears throat> so if you're ever like, hmm, how to poison Danielle Giorgio, give me whole milk. Right. <laughs> right. Or 2% or skim. Yeah. And then, and then many and things will happen. Yeah. Uh, and then number five. After the buttermilk. That is correct. I ate a coconut cream. Ooh. Then chocolate. Just chocolate. Just like chocolate. Chocolate. Choc like a... Just chocolate pie. Like mousse? No, chocolate pie. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what's the filling? Just chocolate? Chocolate pudding. Chocolate mousse. Chocolate pie. Like the, uh, like the, the, the silk? Sure. What is it? The the, chocolate the silk? silk pie? Yeah. yeah. Chocolate. Yeah, chocolate pie. Mm -hmm. Banana, Foster, you know. Bana bananas Foster? Yeah, yeah, but it's in the pie form. Mm -hmm. Banana pie. Yeah. Banana cream pie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, apple. Yep, I've heard of that one. And then cherry pie. Okay. Even though maybe I should move cherry pie up just for its um, Twin Peaks. significance value yeah. to me. Yeah. But taste-wise, it goes low. Okay, cool. That's fine. And then peach pie. You know, it, I find it odd that of your top 10, butternut squash isn't in there. No, so, I don't like that's it. It's so weird that that's not in there. Having... I'm not a fan of butternut squash pie. It's so good. Um, if you're listening and you haven't tried butternut squash pie, I highly recommend it. It's very easy to make. And uh... <laughs> is it Justin? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, but no, I agree. I think uh, key lime pie is. Uh, Fantastic. You know what's even better than just pie? Ooh, what? Pie cake. That's very cake. true. Cake. 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 Pie inside of a cake. Yeah. Which I've never had, but... I've seen it on YouTube. I've seen it. Yeah. And it's interesting to me. I don't <laughs> want to actually eat it. I just want to kind of make one. It is interesting to me. But those are my favorite pies. I like to make them as well. Thank you for that question, Quinn, about pies. Thank you, Minda, for your first question about... Our creative, our creative process. process. Monet would like to know uh, about our dream vacation, Danielle. Our dream vacation. Well, the I forgot what a vacation was. Right. Not just because of the pandemic, because I don't remember the last time we took a vacation. Well, if you could go this weekend. What is a vacation? <laughs> if you could go this weekend to a place. Any place. What, what, what would that place need to feature? At any place. Yeah, yeah, any place. Uh, Money is no object. Time is no object. Location is no object. Passports, visas, nothing is not like. If, nothing is standing in the way of travel. That that would be the dream. Ooh. Um, dream, dream criteria is that nothing's standing in your way. Hmm. I'd like to go to a place where I could dig crystals out of the ground. Dig That's crystals. My out dream of vacation. Arkansas. Woo! <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's lots of places in the world. Did you know that? Tell me. Um, in I think it's the Arkansas, Arkansas like constitution, they have how to pronounce Arkansas correctly. Really? Yes. They have to write out this is how you pronounce this state's name correctly. It's not Arkansas. It's Arkansas. It's, it's the only state in the United States that has written down how to accurately pronounce the name of the state. It's a, a, a state constitution. I learned that from all of my trivia games. Cosplaying as a Wikipedia article. Arkansas. 
That's very cool, Danielle. Thank you for that tidbit. You're welcome. So my dream vacation is to dig crystals out of the ground in Arkansas. Not in Arkansas. Just I mean somewhere. wherever. Okay, so digging crystals out of the ground. I think it would be fun. I think it's fantastic. Where? What else? What else would it feature? Um, access to water. <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, the hierarchy of uh, of uh, human needs, you know, shelter. <laughs> I didn't say shelter. I okay. said dig rocks out of the ground and some water. Access to water. Okay. I don't right. know. You know, to float. Just float. Oh, oh, I see. I see. I see. In the water. Very cool. If you could see me, I'm floating mm-hmm. in my chair. It's like that place when we went to Amarillo and there was that dam and on one side there was the spring. Yeah. Meredith? Lake Meredith? I have no idea where we were. Man, that was cool. And there were no one, no one was there. It was uh, after, it was like summertime mm-hmm. or like early summer after a spring of a lot of rain. And so that the spring was very clear. Yes. And so we were able to float in there and there was like no one there. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was a good time. Yeah. So include that sensation with the sensation of taking crystals out of the ground. Yeah. And what's one third thing that you would need for your dream vacation? Obviously, no cell reception. Well, I didn't say that. You said that. I said that, but no, is that obvious? <laughs> no, that's not obvious. Yeah, all right. All right. Cell, cell reception. I mean, I'm okay without it. <clears throat> okay, all right. It's but it's not right. dream criteria. I mean. What would be one more dream criteria for your for dream vacation? Mm, a place that is very, very quiet. Love it. Love that. Love that for you. Because, you know. <laughs> yeah. I need pure silence and darkness. <clears throat> I'm like a vampire. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely um that yeah, i think that's great yeah. so extreme extreme quiet mm-hmm. a, a way to float uh-huh and digging crystals out the ground yeah cool excellent that's how i'll charge up my vampire powers right <laughs> <laughs> excellent so vampire vacation that's uh that's, that's that actually should be marketed i wonder if they have vampire vacation i'm sure they do not where you go and look for vampires but no, how no, you no. become a vampire right 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 or how you're making sure your vampire status is like taken care of. Mm-hmm. So when it comes time to fully evolve into vampire, you're ready. You're ready to go. Yep. I think it's a really good point. I don't actually want to drink anybody's blood. I just like um, want to sleep during the day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in terms of like the crossover between human and vampiric uh, uh, culture, I think that sleeping in the day is a quality quality shared experience so i do better at night oh for sure so if i could sleep all day long it's a proven fact that creative people are more creative at nighttime yeah but i do like the sun i could have one of those special rings that lets me go out into the sun mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know what, that's in vampire lore what which one? <laughs> oh, all of it it what? just exists the the ring i didn't know if it was in a specific book Ah, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, Vampire Diaries. Was it Vampire Diaries? I think so. Okay. Uh, probably Twilight. I don't want the glistening skin, though. I don't know anything about I Twilight. know you don't know anything about vampires. I, I know some things about vampires. Uh, I know that there was uh, an Icelandic translator who wanted to make an Icelandic translation of Dracula, of Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yes. And was like, uh... I don't like this part of the story. And so he changed the actual book as, 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 his, uh, as his translation. And it wasn't, re- uh, it wasn't even uh, discovered until like 2015 that it was a completely different story. Oh. You bought this book. I did buy it. And I will read it. 
It's for you. I bought it for you. Yes. Because I just haven't wrapped it for. Oh, is it for the anniversary? It's part of your anniversary. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. Well, I do like vampires, so that's a good move. Yeah, that's. A, okay, I, I tried to buy something that you would enjoy. <laughs> uh, here's a book. I bought it for you. I like it. You won't. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. So, so I guess my dream vacation is um, a vampire vacation. There you go. Do you have vampires into crystals? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, cool. Awesome. I didn't know. A vampire could be into anything. You just told me that yeah, I can rewrite the story. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's a very good point. So, Congrats. Thanks. <laughs> I'm a writer. Um, that's fantastic. What's your dream vacation? My dream vacation would be um, probably interacting with animals, eating lasagna or lasagna adjacent foods. Of course. It's like, so like, uh, I feel like that means that I could also eat our favorite Greek dish. Basicho. Yeah. Because I think that that would be like easily lasagna adjacent. I mean, I keep telling you it's not lasagna, but oh, no, no, you I want to insist upon it being lasagna. I don't think it's las- I don't think it's lasagna. I'm saying lasagna adjacent. Therefore, the criteria of like something that's baked that has cheese, cheese and pasta uh-huh. and sauce, and makes you want to sleep. Uh, okay. Yeah. So anything like like that, like that. So interacting with animals, that and probably just like dancing. Okay. Grooving to the music. All right. Yeah, those three things. Okay. To work off the lasagna adjacent food. I see. Yeah. I wonder how these vacations will go together. <laughs> Perfectly. <laughs> After a long day of, of uh, uh, nighttime <laughs> crystal hunting, <laughs> go eat. Okay, so let's, um, let's get to a couple um, other things uh, mm-hmm. I just wanted to know, Danielle, about yes. you. Oh, about me. Yep, yep. About your experience right. this year. Um, I just wanted to know uh, what is something that you learned or want to learn because of your experiences during the pandemic? What is something either either that you learned or that you want to learn or both? I learned mm-hmm. that. I can do so many more things than I thought that I was capable of doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe one, because there was, it seemed like more time yeah, to, yeah. to learn stuff. Right. Uh, and, but I, uh, I think I also like refound, rediscovered, refound, refound something. You can say refound, you're a vampire. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, rediscovered that, uh, like desire for experimentation and play. Cause I think before the pandemic, it was kind of just like project to project to project, work, 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 work. Mm-hmm. And um, there was just like so many due dates and timelines and had to make this thing for this person and had to accomplish so many tasks. Sure. That I was just in like, um, it's like a little hamster wheel, just oh, going and going and going. Sure. And so I think during this pandemic time, I've just like kind of released all of that pressure that I was putting on myself to be like this perfect uh, collaborator who was just like, I can do that. Here, it's the product. 
and just taking more time to like play, have fun, make mistakes, just put everything that's like in my mind out there Mm -hmm. and for no, for no reason. Like that's not for an end goal. It's just because I wanted to make it. Making space for your imagination and reigniting your curiosity and giving yourself permission to play. Yeah. Love it. That's inside the book cover. Boom. That's the tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. It would be a really long one. It would hurt. Well, you, that's, you, you know. Just yeah. put, like, the first letter of every word. Right. <laughs> um, cool. I think, I think that's that, great. I think that's what I found. Congrats. Thanks. You? I think uh, somewhat the same. I feel like. I, I feel, I think for the most part, I think I just spent a lot of time uh, thinking about what was the nature of my connection to theater mm. or like the idea, I, I can't remember who, what director once talked about this idea, but they like the primary attachment, like what's your primary attachment in this moment? <clears throat> mm-hmm. And, um, and so I think this year, I think I, I sort of focused on, what my primary attachment was to theater and sort of just scrutinized how that made me feel and, yeah. and <clears throat> how to go forward and, and trying to be open to how my relationship with theater would evolve and, and, and grow. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's, I think this moment both let me know that that was something I needed to look at. And also it is moving forward. The thing that I want to learn more about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I see that for yeah. you. I agree with you. Yeah. I think I maybe might have fallen back in love with art a little bit. Oh, come on. During this pandemic yeah. quarantine time. We love we love a falling in love story. <laughs> this is a rom-com. Um because I think <clears throat> for a little while it was it was just a job. Right. And now I got to be an artist again. But I I I really got to make art for myself mm-hmm. um i mean make art with dgdg like make shows but but also in my own personal art practice, practice yeah i got to make art again for myself yeah you got to do that 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 installation with uh aurora. with aurora yeah which was great to like go back to my life as a visual artist mm-hmm. and my life as work a, yeah and my life as a video artist um performance artists yeah making public works spending time in like this choreographic workshop that I just did with Agora artists and like actually have having to make time yeah for myself to be an artist and explore for no one to see but just for myself and yeah and a- to exhibit in some more like online exhibitions with art galleries mm-hmm. which I haven't really been able to do for the last few years because your passion drew you to a, a tighter yeah. schedule. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, you know, post pandemic. She's going to be making art. I mean, I've been making art, but I'm going to be making art. Oh, yeah, it's great. Art. What a fortunate, what a fortunate uh, time to be able to have a little bit of time to like that extra time that mm-hmm. you've had has allowed you to sort of re. Yeah. Start all that. Which I think kind of answers Lauren's question about art as a business. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it, it can really be your business. Right. Your 
business practice. Um, but in that, you never want to lose who you are as an artist. Right. Just so that you can have a business practice. So I think your business will only be healthy if you maintain and remember who you are yeah. as an artist and really push that mentality and aesthetic forward. People will come to you because they want to support yes. and or buy that art. Yeah. Speaking of buying art, uh, we're going to wrap up. But I wanted to, if you're listening, and if you're not, I don't know how that works. But, um, but as you're listening, I just wanted to take this moment to remind you to uh, find, everyone does this a little bit different, but find ways to support local theater where you live. Um, it's, a, it's a very beautiful cause to support local theater and theater artists because uh, the community is larger than you think. And by supporting theaters, you can really uh, improve the lives and creative opportunities for so many people. If you've been paying attention to what theaters have been doing during the pandemic, it is truly inspiring and truly exciting to see what everyone's been up to, all the workshops and podcasts and uh, 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 new playwriting things and all, all kinds of different uh, fantastic programming that people in DFW have been doing. Um, if you are searching for ways to support your theater, obviously reach out to Theater 3. I'm sure that the beautiful staff at Theater 3 can uh, lead you toward ways to get more involved with Theater 3, as well as other theaters around town. Um, and to reference the Denise Lee episode of uh, Uptown Drama, uh, we're all in this together, but we're all in different, you know, we're all in different boats. We're all in different situations in this storm. And you have to think about what you're able to do to help other people. And if that's uh, getting involved with local theaters, then by golly, I ask you to do it because I think it's super cool and super important. And the, uh, the lives and careers and work that you will be improving is uh, huge. I don't know if that's uh, the correct grammar in that sentence, <laughs> but uh, I think it's just a really important thing to do. So uh, that's what I'll say. And then any, any final thoughts from Danielle Giorgio. Uh, please support all your local artists, theater artists, dancers, musicians, visual artists, uh, makers, because we are here for you and to continue to bring you entertainment and <clears throat> escape. And we will be back one day soon in person that's right and we will share space and stories together and we're here for you now doing that mm -hmm. so log in pause your <laughs> pause your netflix log watch a, watch a show and uh and if you and if you know if you're a big fan of theater three and and you may not know of other theaters um i'm sure that uh, theater three can definitely help you find. I mean, because theater three does such, such, such a great job of making new work mm -hmm. during this time. Oh, and speaking of which, there's a, a new show that's going to be coming out very soon. It got very pushed soon. back because of the storm, I guess. Um, uh, but uh, be looking at theater three's website for uh, the new show that's going to be with Regina Taylor. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be awesome. Yeah. So excited. I think that's it. Yeah. I think we're there. Yeah.
I want to invite Jeff and Christy onto my vampire vacation. Oh, we're supposed to bitch about them. Man, they didn't come on our <laughs> vampire vacation. Uh, come on my vampire vacation. Okay. Okay. That's our I, episode. That's our episode. We, we took it over. It. Yeah. Consider yourself taken over podcast. Shout out to uh, Kaladi Jenkins for um, editing the sound of this. Shout out to Theater Ghosts. Shout out to Travertina. We'll see you Travertina. soon. Shout out to, and if you're an actor or theater maker in Dallas, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Shout out to all of the patrons who go to every show. Like, you know what I'm talking about. The ones that go to every show and probably have had such a time. I can't wait to hear from them about what this pandemic's been like um, uh, in terms of like those serial patrons. They just like go to like four or five shows a week. Well, let's go eat some cereal now. We're going to eat some cereal. <laughs> Thank you, podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Goodbye. Uptown drama. I'm going to have like take six, do a version. Bobby McFerrin, do a version of this or something like that. Like acapella, you know? All right, bye.